0: Welcome to English Lit Pod, a place where we show you what English, both lit and lang, really is.
1: Join us in our discussions about the meanings of words, the representations we create, the connotations and denotations.
0: Delve into the importance of literature, the power of narratives and the strength of words. And most importantly, discover that English is more than just a boring textbook, it really is lit.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of English is Lit Pod. I am joined here on this very special episode of the World Book Day series by Miss Morris. Hello. (laughs) Hello, very happy to have you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. We're talking about the American Dirt, but before we do that, do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit?
0: Yes, so I am Miss Morris. I am head of MFL. Um, I love reading, um, and yeah, this is a great opportunity. So can't wait to talk about American Dirt with, with Flav.
1: As a starter, I think just the first question, why did you pick this book in particular to talk about?
0: Um, So obviously being um, a languages teacher, I try, especially with sort of Hispanic culture, I like to read around that Um, and I think it's very interesting to be able to build that knowledge and then be able to share that with students and give them more of sort of like cultural um, information as to what's happening not only in mainland Spain but across the whole of Latin America um, and the struggles that they go through um, because it is a very different way of life than what what we have here, so.
1: Well, Tig, I feel like you definitely did that with me because you recommended the book and it was quite an enjoyable read. Yeah. I think just to pick up on that point about languages, I found it quite interesting because there are these intermissions of different languages throughout the book. Yeah. And obviously I didn't understand most of them. I had to kind of either Google what they meant or just kind of contextualize it within the sentence. But being a language teacher, I assume you did I understand what was happening <laughs> <I did. laughs> all the time. Um, do you feel like that's an important part of it for Western readers, that the language still kind of having those that kind of authenticity to the original language?
0: I think so, because um, I think it, it does make it more authentic. And I think it's also something that lots of um, Mexican-American especially second generation, people can struggle with is that they feel that they sort of lose part of themselves when they go to America um, or move and emigrate, depending on what their circumstances. And it's something that they try to keep hold of within the home and as part of themselves. Um, And I think for definite, for certain parts of the story, it was the best way to sort of express the feelings or what was actually happening at that point and yeah, I think it's I think it's great, and I think the author, because of her background, she's able to sort of use that and use it correctly. Um, so it's been thought about as opposed to just sort of
1: being dropped in here and there, just randomly. Yeah, just randomly. I think that's done very sensibly, um, and I think we see Lydia kind of try to preserve that language as well for her son. And obviously that's one of the central relationships of the book. Um, Maybe we should just give a quick summary of the book before we go into the depth of it. So do you want to start off and maybe I can just kind of fill in the blanks? Yeah.
0: So it's based, um, with a Mexican family. Um, her husband is a news reporter, a journalist, um, which you may or may not know comes with, um, a sort of a health warning, I suppose, (laughs) if you're doing that in Mexico. Um, and, it's a tragedy happens at the start of the book, which I'm sure we'll come back to. Um, and her and her son are basically trying to flee, to get to America, to start a new life um, in a safe, safer environment than, than what they are currently in in Mexico.
1: Yeah, very nicely wrapped up. <laughs> I, I think one of the interesting points about her son is he's only eight years old. And I think his characterization throughout the book makes you forget that a lot of the time.
0: Yes, absolutely. Her,
1: so I think often as I was reading it, I was finding myself immersed into his character, but I was also wondering if he's realistic as an eight-year-old son in that kind of context. Yeah. So I was just wondering what you feel about that.
0: No, I think it's, I think it's true. He is very much sort of handles it with so much sort of maturity um, than maybe an eight-year-old would. I'm wondering if that's maybe anything to do that he's just in total shock maybe half of the time um but i also think if we are thinking about the role that the man plays in a sort of mexican typical household being an only child and being a boy and his dad sort of being away with work a lot or not Mm -hmm. present um he sort of has to step up a little bit um and i feel like maybe that's Part of that, but I totally get why you would sort of think, hmm, would an eight-year-old act like that in that yeah, situation?
1: <laughs> exactly. Especially at the bit where I was reading about his first words, and they were just in the shop, and he doesn't speak anything until he says a full, very correct sentence to his yeah. mother, and it's like a question or a criticism of a book. Yeah. And I was just thinking, interesting. He's already this mature grown-up boy. And that was when he was like four. Yeah. But he said his first words. But I think it also helped me realise because I was kind of struggling with that character progression for Luca because he starts off this, as this mature boy. And by the end, he still has that same personality to him. Yeah. Um, but I think by the end, I was coming to realise that maybe as a point of authorial intent, maybe she was trying to show that actually we, we see little immigrant children or people who come from different backgrounds as not being educated just because they can't speak the same language as us. And yeah. we have that barrier perhaps between experiences. So I think it's interesting that she depicts him as this very, very intelligent and very mature, very well-read by eight years old Yeah, <laughs> um, kind of boy who's already very accustomed to different cultures. And it makes you think, well, if this eight-year-old boy is that way, why could I not be that compassionate or that brave or that welcoming to different people? So yeah. I think that's particularly...
0: No, absolutely. I agree. And if you think of what his dad does as a profession and maybe sort of what he's surrounded by, and like you say, I think that's definitely key to sort of breaking away from those stereotypes that when people are looking to emigrate, it's not a question of them not being able to sort of step into society and do something worthwhile, which I think Luca was going to grow up to be successful mm-hmm. um, And it yeah definitely breaks down those barriers um, for
1: sure. And it's interesting because when he comes to America at the end, um, they do recognise his talent and they suggest that she puts him forward for a geography B um which she was going to do back in Mexico anyway yeah um so I think yeah that particular point really kind of summarized it well for me in my head that she was just trying to show that that education and that kind of intelligence can be appreciated anywhere um but focusing on the ending Mm. I was just wondering how you felt about it because I think having just recently finished it it's still kind of fresh and it did leave me with a sense of disappointment in a way just because I feel like most of the stories I read of immigrant experiences always end on this insistent forceful ending of hope and happiness and now they're in a new country everything's fine yeah um like we get that with the Provalepo when at the end things don't seem resolved domestically but they, you still have that element of oh they're in a new country the closure is that there. exactly there's closure yeah um and i feel like you got that in this because it ends by kind of skipping forward into the future like 20 30 days after they reach america and there's this very kind of happy ending where Luca's getting on a school bus, your typical yellow school bus. (laughs) Lydia's a houseworker, but she still reads her books. And I just think that's very kind of constructed to to imply hope and to convey that sense of hope.
0: Yeah, Um, I agree. I feel like the last chapter that was dedicated to it sort of comes a bit left fielder. Um, And I'm wondering if that's because you are so sort of on edge and tense through every chapter And you sort of get to that point and you sort of just take a a breath, basically. You sort of just are relieved that they've got there. Um, But I do get what you mean, it's very much, I know we just talked about not hitting stereotypes, but it then does very much do that with Mm -hmm. the yellow school bus and the quiet neighborhood. But again, I think I'm really conflicted with the ending because part of me thinks that they deserve it because they have been through. God, they've (laughs) gone through it all. They've been through it all. Um, but I very much get at the same time, it does sort of feel, oh, we're at the end of the book. Let's wrap that up. Exactly. They're here.
1: <laughs> Especially for such a long book as well. It's like 460 pages, yeah. which is quite long, I think, for any book, yeah, um, let alone when you're stuck with the same kind of characters throughout. Very much so. Um, and I think it was coming to the penultimate chapter, and I had five pages left to go. that weren't quite settled down in America yet, so I was like, so "It's going to be a quick happening? turnaround." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, "This is either going to go wrong very quickly, or it's all all going to be okay." Yeah. Um, so I think part of that was suspense, maybe, and kind of trying to replicate Keeping the feelings of those characters exactly. Yeah. Um, and trying to emulate that for the reader, um, that sense of we really don't know what happens, and I assume that's how they would have felt in those experiences. Yeah,
0: literally one day to the next. trying to keep as much hope as as they could um but no yeah i i I agree it was very much sort of like last minute um but they got there
1: they did get (laughs) there and i think the ending was so strong and not the ending well that too i suppose but the beginning i think just hooks you right in um because it starts off in the middle of the action which is quite i think quite typical for kind of an action-packed Novel like this is, but not so typical of the greater genre of immigrant storytelling. Mm. Um, because we were speaking about the Beekeeper of Aleppo with Miss Jacobs earlier this week, and we did agree it's very much a philosophical kind of reflection at times. And
0: you do very much build up to the tragedy, mm. I think, in that because he's constantly going back and reflecting. It's a reflection, yeah,
1: exactly. It's not being told as we're going through.
0: Whereas this one is, okay, you are. At this quinceanera and it <laughs> is happening
1: <laughs> exactly. You think this is happening, it's a celebration of life, it's a family get together, and then yeah. things go wrong very yeah. quickly, yeah. Um, but I think because that beginning was so powerful, I was perhaps expecting an equally strong ending mm. that either leaves you on some. I wasn't sure how I felt about the character ending of um Javier, I think, is that yes. his name, yeah, because he's such a strong character and so kind of complex because he's the drug lord he runs this like major cartel in Mexico and yet there's this soft poetic side to him he reads poetry he enjoys classical music um and at the end he still kind of has this love for Lydia that's obviously manifested quite tragically
0: yes very much so
1: Um, but you still have this feeling that it really just is a dangerous sort of love as opposed to him acting out of malice or particular, like he doesn't want to harm her. I think no. he intends to show her how much he loves her. Yeah. Um, and that ending to me felt a bit like, I didn't get that closure with his character because Lydia just hangs up on him. Yeah. She's gone. <laughs> They're on a phone. Yeah. It's just a time. Then she hangs up on him and she says, don't contact me again. I'm done with you. Bye. And just chucks the fight away. And that's the last we hear of him. Yeah. Um,
0: no, I think he deserved more than that as a character. Yeah. Um, for his faults and sort of like you say the other side of him Um, and I think actually Lydia is a better person than that as well so that didn't necessarily show her character in the best light either I don't think. Uh,
1: Yeah especially considering that at the beginning she was the one fighting for his redemption arc in a way when Sebastian her husband the reporter was trying to depict this very negative image of him in the media. She was like, "Yeah, but he reads poetry."
0: Yeah, no, there's not any goodness. Here, like. <laughs> and
1: he's philosophical. We like him. um So, it, as someone that defended him throughout the book, I think by the end of it, you have this idea that she just doesn't, yeah, associate with him at all. Um, how did you feel about the introduction of his character? Because I found it very interesting that we introduced to him from Lydia's point of view first. As yes, this kind of starry man that walks into her bookshop and he's dreamy and reads poetry and like drinks coffee with her in between books out like I thought this is quite nice yes I was kind of thinking this is going towards like an affair this can't possibly go well and it doesn't for but for a different reason entirely (laughs)
0: completely different yeah and it's
1: only like uh, a third of the way in really that it's 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 really quick revealed that he's actually a drug lord yeah Um, so how did you feel about that
0: I think it very much sort of summarizes and shows the sort of lack of trust Mm -hmm. and how you don't you don't know. And in that in her circumstance, you don't know whether it's for real, whether it's actually someone that's, you know, working as part like this drug lord for this cartel, because it is so prevalent. It's sort of all just there sort of running along in the background. And you don't know if they they have to try and blend in, right, because they don't want to get caught. So sort of appealing to people through things that they like, um, and sort of taking on another persona, I suppose, keeps that other side of them the sort of drug lord etc you're not going to raise suspicions about yourself huh? mm-hmm. and i think that was very cleverly done i think the fact that it was introduced through lydia's eye sort of suggests was she is happy with her husband yeah was there a roaming eye prior to the tragedy that had happened um and if so then you know sometimes my thoughts about lydia changed a little bit i mean she obviously had super positive intentions for her son and wanting to start a new life but if that hadn't happened to her husband what road would she
1: have would she have gone down very interesting thought because right at the beginning i think it's like page three as they try to escape she kicks a dog (laughs) (laughs) and i was like okay i don't know how i feel about you yet. Um, but you get the sense that she's doing it just to protect her son and immediately she kicks into survival mode and she's willing to give everything up just to save luca but it's interesting that she she's, she seems to have that that kind of darker side to her maybe even before side. everything goes down because she's kind of continuing this relationship with this man outside of her marriage yeah and it feels a little bit subversive it feels very kind of illicit and we know she probably shouldn't be doing it but at the same time we're encouraging it because she seems so much happier with <laughs> the hidden drug lord <laughs> than yeah. with her outspoken, news reporter. passionate husband. Her husband yeah yeah. But I think that leads nicely into the discussion around the husband himself. Yeah. And contextually, I think it's interesting because it's a very prevalent debate around free speech and where we draw the line and at what point you start endangering your own life and your stability. Yeah. So I was wondering, how did you feel about that character? Do you feel kind of inspired by him because of his kind of bravery, or do you see it more as foolishness he shouldn't have endangered their family like that? Um,
0: I think based on what I know of the situation in, in Mexico and how sort of dangerous it can be for people and their families, I was very much a supporter of his and sort of what he did. Um, I think he potentially was slightly f- foolish in the fact that, you know, because you have got these powerful um, men mostly in charge of these cartels and they've got their fingers in so many pies. Yeah. So they are tweaking the media, they are having conversations with everyone, you know, they are going to make sure that they've got pretty much everyone on their side. So from that aspect, uh, maybe he went a bit too far. But then at the same time, if people aren't going to speak out, how is the situation in Mexico, for example, ever going to change? How are the drug laws going to be turned over? How are we going to get rid of the cartels? Um, because the news should be able to be reported freely. If we're sort of thinking about that, you know, that goes back to the likes of Hitler and Mussolini and propaganda and sort of only producing types of newspapers and news that sort of fits in with their criteria, which I don't think is right, (laughs) (laughs) to put it lightly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I do think it's a shame, but it's the reality that if this happens, it's not just you that suffers as we saw her um at the start of the book um, exactly
1: yeah and I found that I was expecting a change potentially to come from that like a societal change in the novel um after his news report because his main point was let's expose this man yeah so that people like Lydia don't fall for his act and think that he's just this innocent um man but then you, d- you get the sense no change comes from that report and it's just he still has all this power, and he's still able to graffiti random things on buildings yeah. to kind of propagate that belief that he has, um, and his whole gang culture. So I think through that, from a political point of view, it's done very, very well because it she shows that you can't exactly beat it, but it's still so important to speak out against it. Yeah. Because otherwise, mm. there's no fight. There, it's just you giving up, really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I definitely
1: found that interesting, but I, th- I suppose that kind of plays into the. Conundrum of moral responsibility and who in society should pay for those kind of yeah. sacrifices? Should it be the news? Should it be someone like Lydia, for example, who does stand up to? I, f- I find obviously the main boss. She has this very kind of sassy nature around him, especially yeah. at the end where she's like, "Yes, you're a drug lord, but I'm a mother, <laughs> and you've annoyed me, basically." So
0: we're done exactly.
1: Um, and I think. That moral responsibility comes through as well in in so many different characters and what i found quite inspiring about the novel besides the kind of central lydia luca relationship which yeah. obviously is the main point of it yeah but also how many kind people they come across in their journey yeah absolutely and yeah. i don't think you'd expect that journey to be filled by compassion or kindness because obviously it's survival mode. yeah
0: Um, absolutely but everyone for themselves exactly
1: but at so many points in the novel you see that they're actually kept alive by the kindness of other people like at one point this woman donates a coat to luca before they set off for this journey through the deserts and this boy pays for their kind of travel i suppose um and i think that potentially made me reflect on what role do we have to play whether that's like as individuals within the western world or just the western role Western role in the bigger in global yeah. conflict. So I think that brought well, an interesting question as well.
0: No, I agree. And I think when, as you and I both did, when we were reading it, you know, you sort of Google into it a yeah. little bit further. And when you actually see that La Bestia, the train that these people are so desperate to cling yeah. on to, to, to escape and to flee exists, it triggers something in you. And I like, I did get a bit emotional because yeah. I thought, you if you're imagining that you're doing this with your child and like you say the fact that people are helping each other more as opposed to sort of battling against Mm -hmm. each other to get there they're sort of all striving to get the American dream I suppose uh, which is sort of what it feels like um but you know I think if you look in in the in the press and if you think about Donald Trump and what he was trying to do there with the wall etc it's just it's tragic that people Mm. are trying to Escape so much bad uh, in terrible conditions that are so so dangerous, um, to to get there, and they haven't got the support of the people that can help them that have the power to help them. I suppose, if you're sort of talking about politicians, so I think when you see the acts of kindness that the members of the public did in the book, it just makes you think, yeah, we're all capable of doing something, yeah, exactly. And I think how
1: small that. The, the train, I think, is quite an interesting addition because it's a big part of their journey. But I think I that was the bit I had to Google. I'm not sure if you were also Googling pictures of that. But I just couldn't really picture what exactly was going on because it's so outside the norm of the Western experience that you think, how exactly is this? What like, what are the logistics of this? <laughs> yes, how does this actually function? Exactly. And then you Google it just to see a visual representation of it. And I think that was the intended purpose because yeah. it's a very descriptive segment when the train is introduced um but it's also focused on the scenery around it and yeah you have this feeling of displacement or I did at least because I was like I don't picture myself in this no because I'm not there yeah (laughs) um and that is what made me google it because I was thinking how are other people experiencing this how do people survive this exactly um and at so many points people don't in their journey and it's just kind of luck I suppose that it's not them Don't endure those things, but
0: you feel it so much, and I think, like what we were saying about that feeling of sort of being hooked in and sort of on edge, you are so tense throughout the whole book. Every time they sort of jump off and then have to jump back on again at different points, and you sort of feel yourself getting to the edge of your seat the more you're sort of reading with them, exactly. And it's it's yeah, it's terrifying. Um, and like you say with Lydia as well, with having Luca, that sort of Pressure that you've got that you're looking after a young person and trying to do this as God, well. But yeah. It's just yeah, and the fact that it actually happens in in real life mm. is a real
1: sort of mind boggler. I feel it really is. Yeah, I think interesting that you picked up on the American dirt element of it, then the American dream, mm-hmm. because as I was reading it, I did have this this thought in my head of is she kind of criticizing the notion of the American dream throughout the book? Because you have this idealized, romanticized version of the North, I think, in Lydia's mind. And even as she crosses into America, she's like, wait, that happened? Like, (laughs) she she was like, I was was expecting it to be a heroic kind of liberating moment. And really, you just step from one bit of dirt to the next, and there you are. Um, But I think I've read this interpretation somewhere where people were interpreting the title as kind of a subversive joke on the American dream because obviously it's American dirt um, and potentially to to suggest that it's not really a dream it's more so kind of something as kind of primal and survival based as dirt it's kind of you have to fight for it and it's not this idealized witty, version yeah. exactly it's not the idealized version that America propagates of come here we'll be able to provide everything you possibly want <laughs> and then obviously you see that even when they do reach there not only do they go through this horrible journey of kind of border control and they're discriminated against and people are raped all the time and there's it's this horrible experience even once they reach America and then that discrimination still kind of continues because yeah. even at the end they're kind of limited by the fact they haven't got any paperwork Lydia went from being a business owner, kind of owning this bookshop to doing housework. To now
0: cleaning. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly.
1: And Luca doesn't have the same kind of emergence into that culture, I feel, because he's limited by the language at some point. Yeah. Um, and that geography B aspect of it that he's so passionate about, he doesn't get to fulfill because he's in a completely new country. Yeah. Um, so I almost felt like that idealized version of escape and refuge isn't quite what it is. And I think you kind of spoke about that through Trump and this kind of wall vision that Yeah, it's not really a refuge, it's not kind of escapism, it's more so running from one evil to the next. That's what really. I was going to
0: say, yeah, like the lesser of two evils and I think maybe that's why she sort of puts in there the sort of American yellow bus, maybe mm. to be ironic about the fact that actually, yes, they've escaped hell. Um, but you know it's not sunshine and roses on on the other side and i think you know that it really does show the struggles of um immigrants that come into america um without papers what do you do for work who can you trust again um exactly. so yeah i very much get the sort of it's you've got that clear sort of image of them trying to catch this american dream but i think when they get there it's very anticlimactic. It
1: really is. and it yeah. sort of
0: hits them and like you say you know she's looking around and the scenery has changed a little bit but (laughs) apart from that
1: exactly it's only a matter of there's a different flag flying above the dirt as opposed to the Mexican one and I found that quite interesting from like a political sense because you think about the boundaries of geography and you think there's a different it's a different country entirely but the only thing that actually changes is there's a different flag pull up and there's a different flag flying yeah and it kind of makes you reflect on what how do we define our societies and actually where do we draw those boundaries because I suppose the title comes back to it, it's just a bit of dirt and a fence in between. Yeah,
0: absolutely. No, it's true. But then you sort of think how, if that is the case, how can so, how can there be so much evil and bad sort of control within drug cartels still be existing, literally yeah. the other side of a fence? Um, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's really thought provoking, I think.
1: And it just makes you wonder what's happening in our world that you're not aware of just yeah. on the yes. other side. Yeah. Um, so I think just to begin to wrap that up, really, if you want a gripping novel, I suppose, Absolutely. it's very adventurous.
0: Yeah, um, um, something that's gonna get you hooked straight away. <laughs> Lots of different characters to think about. Um, and I think, like you say, we are, I think we have both sort of agreed mm-hmm. that we're quite conflicted with a lot of the characters um, at different parts of the of the journey. But no, it's definitely an eye opener um, well, I, I think, would highly recommend
1: Exactly, but even the contradictory feelings, they're important because it shows the complexity of the characters. Yeah. There's not a single character in that that you're like, I respect you every single decision. Absolutely I will do exactly not. the same thing as you. But it just it challenges your view on that survival mode that you probably haven't had to kick into because yeah. we're in a different setting. So I think, yeah, as you said, very thought provoking. Definitely recommend it. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Morris, uh-huh. for joining us in this discussion. And thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed.
0: Thanks for having me.